0: Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host.
1: Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, and Ben Cower here on the program. We're into November. That's the good time of the year because basketball's picking up. Uh, football is obviously... We're in the final few weeks before the Conference USA football championship, so a lot to talk about. And the throw-in conference realignment, and it's set up for a jam-packed show. We're going to start with realignment this evening. Usually we, we talk about the previous week in Conference USA, and then we the middle portion we kind of hit on news and that sort of thing, but we're going to start with conference realignment, and obviously, again, we'll, we'll preface here with the six teams off to the American Athletic Conference, UAB, North Texas, Rice, UTSA, Charlotte, FAU, those six schools already off to the American, and that's really, and we, obviously everything can be thanked by Oklahoma and Texas for starting yeah, this mess. Yeah, that's what Jeff brought
2: up was on, on a on Monday, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Obviously,
1: it's Conference USA really wasn't in shambles until the six teams booked it for the American, and those six teams can thank Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston for going to the Big 12 as why the American wanted to have a couple of schools filling in. Conference USA got poached and got six of them. Well, that's caused Old Dominion to move to the Sun Belt. Southern Miss is now in the Sun Belt, and also joining them is Marshall. Marshall made the official announcement on uh, Monday to join the Sun Belt no later than uh, July of 23 I yep. believe and Ju- Justin you were there yep. Yep. Uh, and able to get some interviews with old president Gilbert or, uh, still president still president, but eventually it will be let go for yep. Brad Smith to take over the AD was there the Sunbelt Commissioner
2: was there so uh, go ahead yeah we're going to start off with uh, I thought we were doing an initial but we're, we're going to start off with, one of the big factors of this deal being there Monday is the new ESPN broadcast contract so as a right, the Sun Belt signed a new deal with the worldwide leader and back in July. It's a ten-year deal. I asked Jeff O'Malley how big of a factor was that in the deal. Here's here's what here's what athletic director Jeff O'Malley had to say on it. And the ESPN broadcast contract was that the ultimate factor was that was that one of the deciding factors. That was one of the deciding factors, absolutely. Um, you know that our, our fans were were adamant that they wanted. Uh, they wanted games that were going to be easier to find, and and having that relationship with the ESPN is going to provide that to them. They got they got
0: one place where they can, they're going to be able to go and find every Marshall game and every Sunbelt game.
2: All right, thank you for your time, sir. You got it. That was the that, that was the tail end of our conversation, at least my, mine with Jeff O'Malley. But the other factor, and Ben you and Ben Ben you and I were talking about this prior to is we're about to play Keith Gill. Old Dominion's athletic director had a nice little speech uh, on Thursday, nice little remarks. He kind of, I don't want to say threw it, the idea out of, hey, we might want to leave earlier than 2023. Here's Keith Gill a little bit on that, trying to ease the transition. Here, here's Here's the new commissioner, Keith Gill. And to talk about conferences. You're taking a lot of Conference USA members. How do you try to facilitate this transition? As right now, Conference USA, as right now, they're down to five members. How do you try to facilitate this yeah, easy
0: transition? We want to be as supportive as we can. I mean, we understand how disruptive this process can be. Um, so, But we certainly want to make sure that we allow schools to leave properly and, and give them the opportunity to, um, you know, be supportive. We don't we don't want to do anything to further destabilize any conference um, in Division One. And so we'll, we'll certainly be patient and work with them to do the best thing um, for them and for us.
1: So again, obviously the TV deal is important with that. And one thing that goes underneath the table, I think, a little bit with this move for Marshall as a whole is soccer. Sunbelt doesn't have soccer. Which
2: which was a just... And they just brought it back. Well, they have to apply for it. Yeah, they apply for
1: it. But their goal
2: is to get it back
1: and to make it one of the better conferences for college soccer. And that's a big part of, too, why Marshall made the move, I think, with the Sun Belt, not only because of the TV deals and that sort of thing, because coming up this week, Marshall FAU, two of the better teams in the East Division, it's on Facebook. It's a 6 p.m. game and it's on Facebook, whatever. You know, that's not an easy access game. I mean, Facebook's obviously you know, you create an account and you can get on there and watch it, but it's not a, a well-known, watched, you know, thing, stadium the same way. Now, Conference USA's got the CBS Sports Network deal, that's a good deal, but the, from the grand scheme of things, there were in a situation where the ESPN family of networks is an easy access situation for people, and people view that differently than the stadiums and, and those sort of things. So that's why it was appealing, and I think soccer can kind of be uh, thrown into the mix there.
2: I think the one thing I don't know if Jeff, I think he, I think Jeff O'Malley might have brought it up. I might have heard it a little bit better than I did, but I was, I was trying to take it as what well, we're talking about. It. He said like with the ESPN, everything's going to be on the app. Like now, like if you're on the app. You just look up Marshall. I don't know. He might have brought this up in, in the actual general presser, not in the one-on-ones, but in the general app, you could be able to pull up the you could pull up the ESPN broadcast. Like that was there was that there. I want to bring our, I want to bring the third member of our, of our of our team, Ben Cowan, on this because Ben, you and I have been talking. We were talking before the show. I think this is the first time we've actually had an actual production meeting on this show. But
1: uh, we all have produ- we have we have production meetings; they're just not
2: formal. Yeah, we like we, we we never really had a lengthy discussion like we had today. Let's get your thoughts on this.
3: Thoughts on just what specific? Just overall, what we've talked about so far with the Sun Belt. Well, ESPN is certainly a, certainly a huge draw in in the deal here because I mean, uh, you know, you look at or you. The teams that are joining uh, are all from CBS or CBSSN. Is that right. and Stadium are the two coverage partners, I guess, of Conference USA. And I mean, they're so they certainly give some coverage. But the last Conference USA game I can remember being on big CBS was Marshall and Amp State last year. Where otherwise, uh, if if Marshall is televised, it's either on Stadium or CBSSN, and when the alternative is is an ESPN network, or or really just anything ESPN, don't forget that ESPN has you know really a, a foot in on most of the bowl games too. You know, there's certainly a lot of coverage incentives there. Where you move to this, you know, you move to the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, ex- looking at it from an exposure angle, it's big for Marshall. It's a lot bigger than CBS Sports Network, which is I would say arguably. The third of the three big coverage sports networks i mean they're third in subscribers to fox sports one and nbcsn who's going to be gone after this year but still cbssn doesn't have a huge subscriber base you're not getting nearly as much exposure there's uh there's a lot more to it than just performance i think the coverage angle plays into it a lot
1: moving more toward now conference usa's situation with Marshall leaving, Old Old Dominion leaving, Southern Miss leaving to the Sun Belt, there's five teams left. And I think part of the reason for this move, for Marshall, and you're going to hear a bite here from President-elect Brad Smith, got uh, inducted, not inducted, uh, what's introduced? Introduced on uh, Thursday of last week to be Marshall's 38th president. Uh, So you're going to hear him talk about stability and Marshall realizing they're in a situation where, if they don't make a move to, more, to a more stable conference that's got these situations where the good TV deals there, quality teams in a good conference, and I think that's part of the reason why you're going to hear him talk about it here, about the move to the Sun Belt being the best choice for Marshall and the stability behind it.
2: How, how are you guys going to try to manage this process? There could be a potential. That, are you willing to at least maybe expedite this exit a little quicker from conference, you say, to the Sun Belt? Well,
1: as President Gilbert said, this is about stability. And right now, Conference USA is not in a stable situation. We hope they can get stabilized. I know that the commissioner and the presidents and the universities there are trying to do that. And we want to make sure that we help create stability for them. But at the same time, we have a new chapter we want to move to. So we want to make sure we can exit gracefully, not leave anybody destabilized in the process, but get on to the next chapter. So that's what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to weigh all those options. And depending upon how that conference stays and stabilizes, that will help inform our decision of when we make the move.
2: Thank you for the time. Bro. Thank you. There, the end of that quote. He says, "When and w- when and where will make when will make the move?" Because there has been rumors that you could potentially make a move in July of 2022. That there, there, there is the potential. At least, when, at least, hearing that. Now, we'll see how we're about to get into what's going on in Conference USA because. Two more members might be hitting the hitting the heading through a new pasture with Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee, heading to the Mid American, and now bringing back in our friend thre- friends Pete Thamel and Breckman Mercury, who've had every scoop uh, on this. The only real definitive we've heard about Charleston State, we've heard about New Mexico State, we've heard about Houston State. Now a new members coming into the fold, Liberty. So. As of right now, you, you don't have a stable conference. You have UTEP, FIU, LaTeX. They're staying put. 11 of the 14 members have already said, hey, we're getting out of here. So, Conference USA, not in the best position. So, I want to I say, but, thoughts on the stability aspect of this, because this conference right now, it, it's in shambles.
1: Well, teams are taking a hike right they're going they're going elsewhere and that's why everybody these teams else is gone as soon as the six teams booked it for the American everybody else is caught scrambling because there isn't a whole good group of teams they think can help make the conference where it is and these teams then are getting interest from the sunbelt mid American and they're weighing their options is it okay is it better to move to a conference that's already got eight or ten quality teams that are gonna stay and they are not rumored to leave? Or do we stay and hope Conference USA can figure out? And you mentioned it. Liberty, New Mexico State, I think Sacramento State, maybe even Tarleton State's in the mix to move to Conference USA. But if Western and Middle move, is con- what is conference? You have LaTex, UTEP, and FIU. Those are the three remaining teams in Conference USA. You throw in four more, that's seven teams in a conference. That's not a conference. So you're running out of well, options. Well, I,
2: th- I think it, it, it is a conference. It's not a strong conference.
1: Well, is, what oh, it's what a conference. a conference. Do you know any the conference Patriot that League. has you know, Patriot League doesn't have that and terms. what's the Patriot League?
3: Well, just really, the catalyst here is going to be Western, where if you know Western and Middle are looking to leave for the MAC and the MAC, who, well, just as we previously mentioned, Sunbelt covered by ESPN, MAC covered by ESPN. Yep. You know, really, ESPN is a huge part of a lot of these conferences and a lot of the moves here in college football and CBS, I mean, they lost the SEC and now, you know, Conference USA losing, you know, half the the teams is, it's not really looking like they're going to get more coverage on CBS, uh, even though they're, you know, they have a contract, but ESPN is really, you know, a big catalyst here or is a big, is a big factor here. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you have Western and Middle potentially moving to the MAC. That's why Liberty is on the outside looking in right now, at least with Conference USA, where they haven't signed anything yet, to our knowledge. And they're well, taking well, the a step back and saying, anything. "Hey, you know, maybe if somehow Conference USA is able to reconcile and and keep Western and Middle within the conference, you have five teams you can still hypothetically build around that." Uh, It's not that decimated, and it's still pretty decimated, but if you have those core five teams, Western's still here, uh, UTEP, and Louisiana Tech, really those three, I would say, they're still in the conference. Liberty could join. I I think you would definitely be able to to build somewhat of a a solid existing conference around that. I don't think it would be nearly the same strength that it is as of now, but... I don't know. There's there's a lot of factors at play. I think ESPN is is a major factor here, and alongside that, uh, I mean, have teams leaving for the MAC? It's this going to be very interesting.
2: I don't know how much if you're. I don't know how much long you can wait. You have to make a decision now. If you're the if you're the three schools left, well, it's time to make a choice of what you want to do. Middle and Western are headed
3: to the MAC. Well, like they're going.
2: I'm just saying. Other uh, middle western other schools are in. I don't know what I mean. That's doing. been Where's
3: the the tale of the tale all of realignment is that where there's smoke, there's fire.
2: Right. Like once one, once McMurphy and Tham will
3: begin the rumors. It's one week to a month later. I mean, a month ago we were considering Marshall might go to the Sunbelt, and then now we're now Marshall is in the Sunbelt. and then you know ODU might leave, and they did. Uh, everything is a they might, and then. Almost, have. it seems like two weeks later they are or they will. You know, there's commitment that has always seemed to be tied with almost every single rumor here so far. So it's it might be untrue, but at this, with how realignment has gone, at least with Conference USA teams, every rumor that has come out it seems to become true.
2: I I really just think if you're Marshall, if you're any of these schools leaving, I think you got to start at least looking at maybe expediting your exit. A little bit more because there's at this point if, if everyone else is gone if you only have three teams left there's no point in Conference USA being like all right guys let's have one last fun like goodbye tour there, there's no point just move make the move and we can say their goodbyes to each other there's no point if you have three teams left in 2023 to do this whole song and dance next year
1: certainly interesting Middle and Western are gone, so the three other teams obviously they have, have to no make a interest. Well, not really. If they don't have a decision to make, some of the I mean, obviously, if these conferences, one them, they would go, and these conferences would show there's no rumored interest from FI. You haven't heard a thing about FIU, no. La Tech, UTEP. So none of these conferences want them, or the and maybe it may, could possibly be these three conferences just want to stay put. Whatever happens with CUSA happens with CUSA, but it could come down to the point where Conference USA calls it. You know, we're we're done. You know, we we try to get Liberty, we try to get some schools in here. It's not going to work out, and we don't exist. And then these three teams either go independent or they find a home. If they don't find a home, they're playing twelve non-conference games.
2: I'm saying independence for some of these schools because uh, I'll go back to the quote we read last week from the UTEP's, UTEP's AD. They said FBS independence the last resort. I hate to tell you, I think it's coming. Like it, it could. Like it's it's kind of like no I mean, one's
3: poached you yet. If if Western and Middle leave, then if you have three teams here in Conference USA, and then hypothetically speaking, Liberty does not join because Liberty's not going to join. Well, I don't see they're Liberty. rumored to. They're so it's, rumored it's to. But it's still it's still on the table. It would be shocking to
1: me. To see Liberty join. And what's funny, and honestly, is this is the third year of Inside Conference USA, and there might not be another Inside Conference USA next year. We'll have Maybe to do like a big announcement around new Around the Sun Belt or you know, something. Well, like, we're still debating. Something. There, you know, something something that's, uh, yeah. I'm graduating, so that could be... <laughs> that's a am that's just thing. A decision to be made
3: another day. But as of right now, we're Inside Conference USA. Yep. Still, momentarily. <laughs>
2: I, I just... I If you're Liberty... There is no benefit if middle on western Leaf. I'll, I'll just put a pin. I'll just put. I'll, I'll it on this. Well, there's
3: one benefit, money. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of exit
0: That's money. That's the thing we
2: forgot to talk about.
3: It's a lot of exit money, well, we'll and yeah, Marshall's exit money is waived or the entry. Money. Well, the entry, entry money is fee is waived. Exit but, fee is not. Well, all so. every single one of these teams that is leaving is paying three million dollars to the conference, and all of a sudden they have this surplus of money. To kind of lure in maybe some independent programs, so as to say, you know, for example, Liberty. You know, they, in a, in a way, almost bribe them to enter the conference. Then, hey, you know, if they're just handing Liberty, I think like five million dollars. Justin, you say that? Yeah, I just did the math. So we've had eleven teams leave, three million per
2: school. If your conference USA, you're having a nice payday right now. Thirty-three million dollars is in your bank account in 2023. That's more than, thirty-three billion dollars.
3: That's more than enough to you know go to Liberty or a program like Liberty and say, hey, you know, you come join us, no entrance fee. By the way, maybe we'll give you some cash to also, join. Also, by the way, to save us, you're an independent. Ooh, I don't I know if Liberty, that's enough. I don't think it's enough.
2: Liberty's an independent. Yeah. They can just join right in next year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. No awkward.
2: Yeah. There's gonna be no one-year or- wait.
3: Certainly interesting.
1: Certainly interesting. We'll continue to kind of discuss it as we move forward, but we could be getting to the latter portion of Conference USA existing. We could get to Thanksgiving break and beginning of December and Conference USA not have any teams in it. But who knows? We'll take a break, come back, we'll talk uh, week, what was it, Justin? It was week nine. Nine, yeah. Week nine of the college football season. We count week zero. We won't count week zero. One uh, through nine. Week nine coming up next here on Inside Conference USA. 1-800-222-1222
0: 1-800-222-1222 one 800 222 If you think it might be poison Then the first thing you should do is call one 800 222 is the kind of thing you're not supposed to touch. Old prescriptions, cleaning stuff, for spider bites and such. If you swallowed something bad or think you took too much, call the poison control center hotline. We for the people you can trust. For poison emergencies or just questions, the Poison Control Center hotline is here 24-7 with the expert help you need. Free and confidential. We hope you never need us, but keep our number by the phone. one 800 222 one 800 222 If you think you might be poison and you don't know what to do, call one 800 222 A message from your Poison Control Center. This is CRT Championship MVP, C.J. Burke. and you are listening to the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics Coverage, the Cutter Sports Radio Network.
1: Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cower here on the program. We talked about getting busy in, into the month of November here. We'll have, Justin and I, will have a podcasted preview of Conference USA men's basketball because we only have an hour. And over the course of an hour, you can't preview Conference USA men's hooves. We'll also talk about football. And since this is the heart of football season, we're not going to spend more time away from football to cover men's basketball. So just a brief preseason poll here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll just run through this real sure. quick. But we'll have a podcast version available tomorrow on our SoundCloud uh, for you to be able to listen to. And then as the season starts to pick up, obviously, we'll note some games that happen and all that. But UAB's picked first in the... Uh, men's basketball preseason poll followed by La Tech, Western Kentucky uh, is the one, two, three. Marshall's four, Old Dominion five. We'll, we'll kind of stop there and move forward. Uh, nobody really, neither no no t- real team has multiple players on the preseason All Conference honorees. La Tech's the only team in the conference with two players selected: Kenneth Lofton Jr., Isaiah Crawford, both from La Tech. Uh, are on the list. No, Everybody else has just one player. Jameer Young, Charlotte, Tavion Kinsey, Marshall, Josh Anderson, Western Kentucky, Quincy Oliveri, Rice, Tyler Stevenson. So they missed the list, goes on and on. So it's a wide-open Conference USA again. We'll podcast that tomorrow, and we'll get that up on our SoundCloud and post it to our social media pages so you can listen to that. But Conference USA Week 9 football, six games to go over here in the next 15 minutes or so. We'll start with the victory for the Mean Green on the road Mean Green beat Rice 30-24 in a game that went to overtime. Rice had to battle back after a late fourth quarter score with just two minutes left from North Texas, but Rice goes down a 12-play 89-yard drive, ties it up at 24 with just 16 seconds left, but ultimately a North Texas touchdown following a Rice-missed field goal leads the Mean Green to their first Conference USA victory. I think a lot of us... All took rice in this one, so a good win here for the Mean Green to kind of right the ship a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think. I think you talk about North Texas, and they've struggled the past couple weeks. They had they had the beatdown versus Marshall, and and then they had the tough game against Liberty, which was you know a little closer. But and then they you know the close game against. They've lost you know I think four like they lost they've lost at this point like five games in a row. So North Texas comes out overtime win, so they were at least able to get going again, but. You know Austin on You know decent day eleven for twenty two. I mean They're, yeah decent. It was a ground game. Right. I mean that decent considering like where the stats are going to be. You know it's yeah. like one twenty one didn't do too much. You know the ground game was about one ninety three. You know Rice. You know the ground North Texas rush defense was phenomenal. They stopped. They held Rice to ninety seven yards. And then considering the rest of that, you know passing, Constantine two seventy one, Wiley Green two for three. So they kind of go back to the two quarterback system, but. You gotta give North Texas a lot of credit, you know, at least for one game, able to right the ship. Try to see now if they can build some momentum here this last little month of the season. Big part about this victory,
1: and we've talked about North Texas' defense really struggling this season. They hold Rice to 97 yards on 46 carries. This is a Rice team that's kind of dependent at times, Justin, on the running game. And North Texas defensively that struggled to defend the run, but the Mean Green put their hand in the turf. And got the job done. KD Davis, 18 tackles. Three other guys had 10-plus tackles, too. So this was a mean green defense that was mean. They were ready to roll and limited that Rice running attack. And I think uh, that was part of the reason why Rice stayed in this football game at times because they had a good quarterback. Constantine was good, and him throwing the football kept him in it. It was the running attack, though, uh, from Rice that was not there. Usually that's something they are dependent on. They like to have the heavy running attack. To only get 97 yards on 46 carries, that's a testament to mean to the main greens defensive front, what they are able to do uh, to make Rice really one-dimensional instead of allow them to run the football to open up uh, some other parts of the passing attack. So good win for North Texas first of the conference season.
2: All right, let's go to the game that Andrew, you and I had, and ben, ben was our spotter for uh, Marshall beatdown of FIU thirty-eight to zero. Andrew, your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, slow start for Marshall up, up three to nothing after the first quarter. The offense got off to a little slow start. We've seen that a couple of times on some opening drives, but then the second quarter. Uh, we've talked about it again. Anytime a small, not a smaller school, but a team that's an underdog, no matter if it's it's an underdog going to a Power 5 or whatever, special teams plays make a difference. Tommy Heatherly booted one 60-plus mm-hmm. yards from his own end zone, ran Willie Johnson all the way back inside his own 30-yard line while Johnson for Marshall returned it back into FIU territory. it's like about a 40-yard return, maybe 38, somewhere around there. And then that set up a short field for Grant Wells. And the offense went 35 yards on eight plays to go up 10-0. And from there on, Marshall scored three consecutive touchdowns in the second quarter over about a a five-and-a-half-minute span to put the game kind of in Marshall's reach. And then Marshall's defense, which has continued to improve throughout the season, really from Middle Tennessee State game in the second half on, the defense has been electric. They're allowing less than 20 points per game now after shutting out FIU, Really limited Devontae Price. What he was able to do made Bordenschlager uncomfortable, limited the big play because that's what FIU's been dependent on, the big play down the field. FIU didn't really have that outside of a couple of plays that were based off of catch and run. So this is a good win, and Marshall continues to build momentum now because we've talked about complete games from this team last week against North, or two weeks ago against North Texas, kind of put together a good performance, didn't put it all three phases together, this was an all three phases complete victory, that's a good sign for the green and white going into a tough November, so thoroughly impressed, obviously 38-0, that's a fine score, people maybe think, oh, you could have been by more, but 38-0 for the conditions it was, and playing a complete game, that's, that
2: was a big win for Marshall. Yeah, I was about to say, I think for, you talk about the like the complete game. I think it was a rebound from the Middle Tennessee game a little bit. You know, Middle Tennessee you know, Middle Tennessee was more of a downpour. This was more of like a drizzle off and on. But I think sometimes it's easy to get in your head like, oh, last time it was raining and we had six turnovers, and now you know, we're in our heads now. They weren't in their heads. They actually were able to go through, play a complete game. The defense was phenomenal. Devontae Price, the FIU's leading rusher, he, he basically got nowhere. You know, fifty-one yards. E.J. Wilson, twenty-three. E.J. Wilson, junior, twenty-three yards. Sean Peterson, junior, twenty-three. Malik Williams, like twelve. They were really stopping FIU's ground attack, and so FIU was really I mean, on our hard t- time. Instead, the difference I think in this game was FIU not going for the big play. Because I think if the FIU had gone for the big play more, Marshall's defense would have struggled a lot more. So I think very good win by Marshall. They got lucky because FIU changed the game plan, and Marshall really adapted to it very well. Before
1: we move on
2: to an upset
1: victory, well, not an upset. Actually, Old Dominion was favored, but one that many will perceive as an upset. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.
0: Award-winning coverage lives right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia.
2: Welcome back inside Conference USA. Justin Zimmer, Andrew Rogers, Ben Cower. Andrew was alluding to a little bit of get uh, up, not an upset because they were favorite, but an upset because just considering how their year is. Old Dominion, last second win at home against Louisiana Tech. Andrew, your thoughts on this one?
1: What a football game! And, and I'm tell you what, never would have I thought La Tech would be two and six. This team's struggling, and Austin Kendall's been fine. The ground game just hasn't been there defensively. Have not been the same team in the secondary or against stopping the run because Old Dominion had success in both areas just I'm just gonna point these out listen to this fourth quarter okay LaTex goes up with a touchdown drive to make it 20 to 17 you think okay LaTex probably maybe got this in hole in, in control Old Dominion goes on a 20 play 58 yard drive that eats up 10 minutes and two seconds I don't think I've ever seen that before 10 20 plays, 58 yards. In 10 minutes and 2 seconds. That is a lot of the fourth quarter. Got a field goal. Got a field goal. Tied the game at 20. Well, La Tech gets the football back. Yeah, you got, the, you got points. No, that's you true. ate all that clock. La Tech, finally, after sitting on the bench for nearly the entire quarter, gets the ball back, turns it over on downs. Old Dominion gets the football back. Five plays, 26 yards. A little bit more efficient this time to set up Nick Rice for a field goal attempt. He was in range and drilled home a 46-yarder for the win. What a final sequence! Again, that's the theme we've talked about with Old Dominion. This team has fought yeah. to the end. No yeah. matter what the score has been, they have fought, and they're not an easy takedown. And Law found that out.
3: Yeah, they got a lot grip, Ben. I was I was intrigued by your point of how long that drive took. Where it was, it was a ten minute drive to burn up the clock. Uh, fun fact of the day: the longest ever uh, drive in in football history, at least college football history. Twenty-six play drive by the Navy midshipmen. Two thousand four Emerald Bowl, fifteen minutes. It took up a full quarter. Oh, that's awesome.
2: I think the other team was annoyed. The other team's off, off, off it's off offense quarter. Come on, let's go. Uh yeah, you, you, you talked about old I Dominion. Mean, I think we talked a lot about their grit this season. They really showed it. You know, I think they really you know, I think we've been kind of waiting to see how the monarchs and, you know, a good performance by them. Want to get the team sets. I haven't referenced third down yet. And, you know, 6 for 15 for La Tech. But how about fourth down efficiency? You know, normally most teams don't convert it too often. Two for three for the Monarchs. That's pretty good. One for three for La Tech. Okay, that's decent. It's fourth down. But how about Old Dominion's rush defense on Saturday night? 59 yards for the Bulldogs were held back, and especially with Miles Williams who they brought in from Appalachian State. Mark's I'm sorry. He got only forty two yards. You know, Mason got twenty seven just with like the loss and gains. So very good game and I think for old Dominion this is a huge confidence boost, Andrew. I think this is a good confidence boosting win.
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
2: You know they're not gonna have bowl eligibility on their mind. They would have to even if they won Yeah, they'd have to win, win out, which they could do. I don't think they will. So but yeah, I think very good very very good season. Very good game for the Monarchs and a very good win.
1: Middle Tennessee State at home takes down Southern Miss to get the Blue Raiders to four and four, two and two in conference play. Southern Miss is one and seven, zero oh and four. In conference play, also to mention Old Dominion, Hayden Wolfe has been the starting quarterback instead of D.J. Max, so Wolf may be the guy moving forward the rest of the way. But Middle Tennessee State with the home victory, used three different quarterbacks. Cunningham struggled a little bit. They ended up going to Mike Delello. He's the running type of quarterback, Uh, led the team in rushing with 77 yards and two touchdowns through for 78 yards. More of a grinded-out, running-the-football-type performance and take advantage of a Southern Miss team that's down to, well, not they're, down quarterback nobody. One. Yeah. They're, a, they're down to a bunch of quarterbacks A combined nine turnovers in this football game Five from Southern Miss Two fumbles lost and three picks And Middle Tennessee State lost three fumbles and had one pick So it was turnover heavy The two teams combined for 20 penalties um, They The two teams combined for only six third-down conversions and 27 tries and they combined to go three of eight on on fourth down. So there's just some numbers there. And neither team got over the three hundred yard mark.
2: I think this is one of those. You got two young teams, so they're a lot more scrappy. They're they're still trying to form an identity. They're still trying to play together as a unit. You know, they had a big special teams play. Middle Tennessee scores touching off a, of, you know, off of a scoop and score off a of block punt. So you have that momentum changer there. This is just one of those. It, you just have teams like they're just scrappy, they're young. It's gonna take like they're going through the process, and you you see that there, and I think that contributes to the bad performance. The, now they brought in T. webb as quarterback at Southern Miss. Jake Lang has a decent day. Jake Smithart has a bad day. Southern Miss has got to figure out the quarterback situation. We're about one month out from the early signing period, Andrew. I want to see if they sign any quarterbacks because they're going to need to. At least they've yeah. they got they to solve this problem. But, you know, at least for Middle Tennessee, good win, but scrappy game. Move on to
1: an East Division matchup, but good one, we thought on paper. Western Kentucky hosted Charlotte. And news prior to the game, Chris Reynolds has been dealing with a hand injury, did not start and play in this football game. James Foster, the transfer from Texas A&M, got the start, struggled, Went 13 of tw- or 12 of 24, 129 in a pick. But again, storyline, Western Kentucky's offense, 45-13. Zappy, nearly 400 more yards, four more touchdown passes. Did throw two picks, but four more touchdowns. He threw the football to Jareth Stearns, who caught 10 more passes. And again, let me just reiterate Jareth Stearns, okay? Five straight games of 10 or more catches. Listen to these numbers, and this team has four more games left. 93 catches, nearly 1,200 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. This guy is going for Conference USA MVP if it's not his quarterback, Zappi. This offense is elite, and the defense played well, took advantage of a backup quarterback.
2: There was a note I took on my phone yesterday because I, I, was, I was looking at the stats, the passing stats. How about this for Bailey Zappi? He's number one in passing touchdowns in the entire country. He's number two in passing yards in the entire country. So, I mean, the the offense there has been dynamic. The Houston Baptist offense has worked tremendously well. Stearns has another good game. If Charlotte had Chris Reynolds, I think this game would have been closer, but I think they had to make the last-minute adjustment with the playbook to try to see what Foster was capable of running. So I think that's why I think you see the struggle there for Charlotte. But, you know, Zappi, another strong performance. Four touchdowns, two picks. That's not too bad. Interesting to see how Charlotte approaches the next coming weeks. They're, They're in a tough stretch. I don't want to say their chance of winning the division is done, but it's starting to get slimmer and slimmer. Yeah, you have to
1: really run out yeah, yeah, yeah. with already two losses.
2: As the week goes on, so I think they got to figure out that if Foster's the guy, you might have to adjust the playbook a little bit more to what he's comfortable with than what you do with Reynolds. So, Shaw's got to make a decision about how they want to call their games for the remainder of the season.
1: I don't think it's too serious of a hand injury, because Reynolds was deemed to have played had needed to. But, he, but they ruled him out, but he could have played if necessary. So it was one of those situations where I think with Dak Prescott too and the Cowboys where if they really, really needed him, he could have probably played. But on the caution side, for his safety and all that, uh, and just to how he was feeling, it was best to roll with Foster. So situationally, obviously, it's tough to lose, though, because that's a tough loss for Charlotte to now move back to 2-2 two and two in conference play after being at the top. Um, but this team struggled now. So Reynolds... Coming back healthy at some point in November is going to be crucial for the Forty ers to at least continue to be talked about at the top of the East Division.
2: Well, I, and I think they're in a trouble position because right now you have Florida Atlantic at three and one, Marshall at three and one, and then at, and then a uh, Western well, Western at three and one. I'm sorry, I blanked there for a second. You got to hope one of these teams lose. The only good thing if you're Charlotte is this. They're all playing each other this month. Yeah, they're all so, playing.
1: So so, so they're going to have to lose. So
2: Somebody's going to lose. Charlotte's going to have to, at least on those days, try to win a ball game, at least try to take one away, at least if they want to get themselves into the Conference USA Championship. One final note about
1: Charlotte, they've already lost to FAU and Western. So your hopes are that Marshall can beat up on FAU and Western to make them get some losses, and then Charlotte beat Marshall. Right. That's your best-case scenario is that Marshall can beat FAU come this coming week take care of business later on against Western and then Charlotte well, well, also, at home beat Marshall and then Charlotte went out obviously
2: but Charlotte but Charlotte plays Marshall the week before Marshall plays Western yeah
1: so, so it's just about winning out and then getting yeah, help absolutely. And, and that's obviously a situation you don't want to be in November this early or entering November
3: well winning winning is the best medicine yes
2: yeah it's the best medicine but also I think if you're Charlotte like you've had a you've had a great season you have a chance to win the conference. You're you're just now in the trouble position. And I mean, whoever lost this game was going to be in trouble anyway. It's not we're harping on one team because all no. they did bad. It's it's a, like, this was
1: a, a exact same situation. Like like whoever this whoever happens, loses it's behind the eight ball.
2: Yeah, this is what happens when you get to November. Like you could have a great season, but one loss could ruin your chance at the title. Let's get to the last game. I don't think I've ever seen this on a scoring line before. FAU 7777. That gets you 28. Losing UTEP by three against U.S. UTEP, score twenty-five. Andrew, your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, FAU controlled this football game really from the start. Not really control it, I'll say, but really had FA or UTEP in a good spot after the first half was over. Uh, and this was a good performance from Nikosi Perry. He played well. The ground game was effective, uh, and he continues to be a force at quarterback for FAU. Up fourteen ten at halftime, and then shutting out UTEP in the third quarter was big because that gave FAU a two-score lead. You get the score early in the fourth quarter, and then UTEP gets two late touchdowns to make this a three-point game. Make it interesting. They've got an onside kick as well uh, to make it interesting. But ultimately, FAU able to hold off the late UTEP charge for the victory. couple of notes. So the offense was good defensively, yardage-wise. It, it, UTEP got a lot more than FAU, and I think that's a product of uh, UTEP having to come back and that sort of thing. FAU's defense, though, shutting out UTEP in the third quarter is what changed the football game and limiting them had no points early in the fourth quarter and, and not giving up those scores until later on. Concerning for me, FAU, I'm going to the Justin Zimmer third down efficiency. FAU, oh, you're going, 1 of 15. You're taking my line? 1 of 15. That's not good. 1 no, of 15 on third down. FAU's got to be better against a Marshall defense we'll talk about coming up here in a moment. That's played much better. You cannot go 1 for 15. But again... UTEP's defense has been really solid this season, so this was a kind of a test for both offenses to go up against quality defenses, and uh, they both responded at times and played really well. But FAU, consistent performance, took advantage, I think, of being at home Uh, and and playing good defense. Because if FAU plays good defense, that helps the offense out, puts them in a good spot, and doesn't put too much pressure on them to move the football consistently. So good win for FAU, keeps them astray in a a boat there at the top, Uh, and tough loss for UTEP because it's only going to get harder for them as they try to vie for that top spot in the West Division.
2: Well, since you took my third downs, I'll go to another stat here. Talk about the rushing offense here. UTEP 109, FAU 130. The rush defenses were phenomenal but they're going to play they're going to play some tough teams coming up and UTSA is going to I think run all over them. Marshall's going to probably have a good day ground game. So, the rush defenses for both UTEP and they are going to get tested this week.
1: All right, one final note about week 9. How about UTSA locking up head coach Jeff Trailer uh signing him to a $28 million deal that runs through 2031 and again remember i talked about that justin yeah. i said if you're gonna hold on we were that texas tech job was rumored and we're like his trailer off on no utsa locking them up they're going to the america they need their guy and remember again roadrunners 8-0 uh 16th i believe in the AP a- A-P, but college not, football playoff did not make an appearance but um, this is a guy that's had his original contract at 800,000 new deals averaging about geez. two and a half million Jeez. annually so what a what a payday for him how about this who do you think the highest-paid conference USA head coach is? Just a just a just a quick question before we go to break. Yeah,
2: is this before Taggart? is this before the contract or after the
1: contract? Before. Is, oh, what Taggart? No. Zimmer? Huff. No. Seth Luttrell, North Texas. Go look up the numbers. It's Luttrell, Bill Clark, Butch Davis. We'll take a thirty-second break. Preview of Week Ten in Conference USA football next year on Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.
0: Hey. Oh, hey, Deb. I thought you were the radon test guys. The who test guys? Didn't you see the papers Sunday? The Surgeon General issued another lung cancer warning. Oh, like the cigarette warning? Yeah. They're saying we have to get our houses tested for radon. I don't smell any radon in my house. That's because radon is an odorless, colorless, tasteless gas that seeps into your house from underground. Does this story have a happy ending? Yeah. You'll be a lot happier once you get your house tested. Learn more. Visit the EPA at epa.gov slash radon. That's epa.gov slash radon. This is CRT Championship MVP, CJ Burks.
3: And Burks jumps the passing lane. He's got a wide open lane to the rim, and he'll throw it down.
0: You are listening to the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics Coverage, the Cutter is Sports Radio Network.
1: Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rodgers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cower here on the program. About 13 more minutes to go, so we'll be relatively quick here with our preview portion. Here's the standings. We'll start in the east. FAU, Marshall, Western Kentucky, all three and one in the conference USA standings in the East Division, Charlotte's tied for fourth or yeah, tied for fourth at 2 and 2. 49ers tied with the Blue Raiders at 2 and 2 in Conference USA. Old Dominion with the victory over La Tech sits at 1 and 3 and FIU still winless at 0 and 4.
2: Right, let's go to the West. UTSA on top at 4 and 0. UAB and UTEP they're tied at 3 and 1. Rice at 2 and 2, La Tech and North Texas at 1 and 3. And the yellow submarine in the West Division is the Southern Miss Golden Eagles.
1: So both conferences are jam-packed. UTSA the lone leader of the West though. Conference USA used got that three-way tie at top at the moment. All right,
3: Ben. Ben's bullseye of the week. And, and then our standings. All right. Well Justin just mentioned the Golden Eagles. It's not going to be a very pretty game. It's not very glamorous. <laughs> North Texas 2-6, and six, Southern Miss 1-7. and seven. But that's my bullseye of the week is that North Texas, currently on a bit of a roll. Listen, I chose against North Texas last week, and I missed on the bullseye. Yes. We did not hit the target because I chose Rice. But this week I'm choosing North Texas. Take the over. I think this going to be a blowout. I, or not a blowout, but I think they're going over, and North Texas is going to take the victory over Southern Miss. Alright, our standings where we sit heading into week ten here. All right, so heading into week ten. I guess following week nine, standings are real close. Andrew, you're in the lead still, but your lead has it continues to close up. You're at sixty six right, thirteen wrong. Uh Justin at sixty five. One game lead, wow. Yeah, sixty five and fourteen for Justin, and I'm the caboose at sixty one and eighteen. Uh, just as the games we all picked wrong last week, everybody picked Rice, and we all got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, everybody picked Louisiana Tech, and we all got that wrong. And then you, Andrew, chose UTEP over FAU, and then you got that wrong. But other than that, everybody picked everything else right. So those are the records heading into Week Ten. How about Week Ten too? First week of the conference USA
1: football season that all 14 teams are playing. And they're all conference matchups. Yep. How about that? How about that? All right. We'll have a busy show next week. Every show's busy. Zimmer, conference realignment, basketball, football. Let's get yep. going. we got 10 minutes. Tech, uab Every game's on Saturday, too. LaTex going to UAB. LaTex 2-6, and six, UAB 5-3. and I'll start us out. I think UAB gets the job done. The Blazers uh, have had a week off, especially off the loss to Rice, for this team to kind of regroup. Okay, let's find ourselves. We still have... Uh, the go-ahead, we can still win this conference. We've got that date with UTSA later on down the road. We're playing a La Tech team at the same time that's hungry. man. These two two teams that aren't used to losing too often at this point in the season. And La Tech's losers of four in a row, three of which that have come in conference USA play. I think UAB gets the job done. It's a team that's hungry, had a week off to prepare, and to kind of reset things going into a crucial month of November. I'll take the Blazers by
2: 10. Here's what I'm going to go with that. UAB struggled since they moved to their new home in Birmingham. They lost the Liberty opening night. They won to FAU, lost to Rice last week. So they're 1-2 they're in the new home. LaTeX has struggled. We've mentioned that all year. Give me UAB, but I think this is going to be close because I do believe LaTeX is going to be scrappy and hungry to go go into Birmingham and, and steal a win.
3: Well, I'm with you guys. Uh, UAB Blazers for May. Uh, Louisiana Tech on the skid right now. UAB needs to win, and they're at home. So give me the Blazers. All
2: right, let's go to let's go to Hattiesburg. The winless Golden Eagles in conference play will welcome in the North Texas Mean Green. Ben, on his bullseye, took North Texas. So, a- Andrew, your thoughts on this one?
1: I'll second that North Texas. I think Southern Miss at home could make this one interesting. This is definitely a winnable game, uh, I think, for the Golden Eagles. But just the offensive numbers are atrocious. You don't know who's going to be out there at quarterback this season for the for the Eagles because uh, for the Golden Eagles because they have had problems just getting steady play and staying healthy at the position. I think North Texas is coming off a really big win against Rice to be able to play good defense in that win and stop the ground game. And that's what's kept Southern Miss at bay is having a steady running back in Frank Gore Jr. He's been solid for them to kind of keep things moving a little bit. And that's what North Texas has been good at recently is stopping the run. So I'm going to take North Texas to get its second win of the Conference USA season. We already know Ben wants North Texas. What do you got, Justin? I'm
2: going to go with North Texas as well. And I'm actually using my Zimmer winner on North Texas. So well, I'm going to go with the Bullseye once again. And the last time we did that, it worked out pretty well. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I just think Southern Miss, the quarterback play, you, Like it's been horrendous. And you, uh, but, yeah, North Texas, and I don't even know why it, this thing's five points. This thing's going to be a big blowout, so give me the mean green. It's going to be a big blowout in Hattiesburg. All right, let's go to the next game. Rice taking on Charlotte, Charlotte at home. Andrew, we'll start with you on this one.
1: I'll go Charlotte. I'll go Charlotte. I think this is all dependent a little bit on Chris Reynolds if he plays, but I think he'll get healthy and he'll be able to play – Uh, this week and cause problems because again this Charlotte team and Rice both these teams kind of still understand if we can win out and make things interesting two losses we could be able to sneak in maybe more so for Charlotte than Rice and I think Charlotte realizes that and coming off two blowout losses this team's going to be hungry to try to get things going and kind of right the ship so I'll take the 49ers I think Chris Reynolds back hopefully will make a big difference for that offense and be able to help them move the football so I'll take the Niners
2: I agree with you on the Niners without without Reynolds. I will say this: they by this point, they would have had one week with Foster, at least trying to install the playbook a little bit to see what he's comfortable with, what plays he's running. Last week was more of a surprise. You're starting. We're gonna try to dumb the playbook down. I think this week they'll go a little more open on the playbook, but I think closer if, if Foster starts, if Reynolds starts, I think Charlotte. Will. But I'm gonna go Charlotte. Interesting to see that quarterback battle and see how much of the playbook they actually use.
3: You know, I think this game is actually going to be a pretty close one. You know, Rice has proven that, you know, even with the loss last week, you know, they can be good, but I like Charlotte in this one. Charlotte's been outside of the lost FAU, undefeated at home. You know, we're expecting Reynolds to be back um, at at QB for Charlotte. Uh, If Reynolds isn't back, again, Charlotte could lose this game, but as of right now, Reynolds should be back. They're at home. They've been very strong at home. Give me the 49ers.
2: Alright, let's go to the next game, which will be middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky. You know, middle Tennessee right now, you know, two and two. They're tied for fourth. They're gonna have a lot, they're gonna need a lot of help in conference play. Still have bowl aspirations on the mind. Western Kentucky kind of a must win game if they want to keep going. So I'll start off here. Zappi's had a phenomenal year. And I think Zappy and the boys are gonna have another blowout
3: win. I'm gonna go with Western big. You know, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be an interesting battle of offense because middle has shown that they can be competent on offense. You know, they're a bit sloppy, though. Last week, or I mean this past week, it was a bit of a sloppy win. Uh, this, I, I don't think they're going to win. I'm going to take the Hilltoppers in this game, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I, I think Western, again, at home is the one to pick here, but... I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout here. It'll be interesting to see what middle can do against such a high-powered offense.
1: This is an opportunity, I think, for Western Kentucky to kind of prove it's got a solid defense. You know, we, we talk all about the offense, and the defense has good players. D'Angelo Malone, they have good guys defensively that can get the job done, despite the numbers not being really appealing to the I-30 points per game and over 400 yards allowed. But a lot of that's because of what the offense has done, and... Has been able to move the football so quickly your defense is out there a lot more so this is an opportunity against a middle tennessee state offense it's not been spectacular we'll say in recent weeks they've played southern miss and connecticut so i think this is an opportunity for western defensively to kind of make a statement not saying the offense is not going to play well but it's an opportunity for us next week to say you know what western's defense is underrated so i think that's the type of game we'll see i'll go with the hilltoppers as well Old Dominion, FIU, at East Division matchup. FIU trying to crawl out of last place. They're 1-7, Old Dominion's 2-6. and six. I'll take Old Dominion here, although I think this is, could be a really good football game. Uh, actually, let me take that back. I'm going to go FIU. I don't know why I said Old Dominion. I have FIU on my mind. Give me the Panthers. I think the Panthers get the job done. They're at home. Bortenschlager is better than Hayden Wolf. Panthers by two.
3: I don't know about that one. I think you're trying to throw this lead. You're trying to even up the race here with Justin. This is
1: the game that's going to do it. I like what Old Dominion has, but then I realized use at home and they're hungry.
3: Uh, okay. Yeah, they're home and they're hungry, but they're they're a bad team this year. I'm taking ODU. ODU, ODU is strong underdog so okay. far this year. Uh, they've been impressive, even though you know the record doesn't completely show it. I think ODU is, it, you know, hey, it might be a close game, but I think ODU is going to come out on top in this one. They're just as hungry as FIU, and they, you know, finally they get a team that they can kind of cruise against and beat. FIU's been a mess this year, so give me ODU. Well, I think this
2: game is gonna be a food fight. These are two teams that they're, they're they're scrappy. They they got they got a lot to prove. However, after having watched FIU for two weeks in a row, once in person, once on film, I, they're the worst team I've seen in all college football this year. So I'm gonna go with the old monarchs. Wow, they they are. They they are, and I, and I can point to two numerous examples. Give me the monarchs. But this game is going to be very close. I, don't don't be surprised if this game does go to overtime, though.
3: Could you give just like two short examples? Why are they so bad?
1: That's for another week. That
2: is for another, another week. week. Now we have got
1: two games of the week. We have like two and a half. I think this is years.
2: history. I think it's the first time we've ever these, done
1: these. Are massive games of the week. One in the East. We'll start with the Conference USA East Division matchup of the week: Marshall going on the road to take on FAU. It seems like every time Marshall goes to FAU there's a lot riding on it. Both teams 5 and 3, both teams 3 and 1 a top conference USA East Division. The winner gets the tiebreaker over the other and stays at Bay at the top of the conference USA East Division. This one's huge.
3: Ben, who you got? I like Marshall in this one. Uh, This is Marshall and FAU, just making sure. Okay, I like Marshall in this one. FAU, again, I don't know, they've just shown... They're a strong team, but it's going to be a a tough test for the Herd in an away game. Uh, It's going to be a a really tough battle of offense, but I think the Herd defense has shown signs of improvement. I mean, again, the levels of competition varying, but uh, again, the defense has improved... And I think the defense is strong in the ways that FAU is weak. So I, I like the herd. It's going to be a very, very close game. Might be down to a field goal. Who knows? Uh, I like the herd in this one by a hair.
2: This is the game I thought at the beginning of the year was going to determine the East division. And I, and, I, and, and, I, and I thought, I'm going to go with my pick to win the East at the beginning of the year. I'm going to go Florida Atlantic. I think they had a rough week on third downs this week. I think they improve it. I think Marshall's defense is on a roll streak. But how about this? Marshall has not won three in a row yet this year. So I'm going to go FAU. We'll see what happens. And also, a lot of those guys are from Florida. They're going to be a little more juiced up. So I think the discipline for Marshall could be a problem. So I'm going to go give me the Owls.
1: I'll take the herd. Marshall's won three in a row. We'll make it four. I like what the defense has done recently to All make right. things interesting. And I'll leave it there because we're running out of time. utsa UTip. that's our Conference USA West Division Game of the Week. Uh, UTSA still undefeated 8-0 UTEP right there though 3-1 and could make things interesting atop the West Division UTEP is the home team on ESPN 2 this is an ESPN televised game at ten
3: fifteen. Ben who you got and why quick real quick I got UTSA over UTEP UTEP is I mean they've been a strong team so far this year but I, I don't know I like UTSA undefeated been fantastic trailers coming back the squad is together uh, they've been strong I, I don't think they're gonna lose this game either, even though it's an away game for them. So UTSA versus UTEP, and I got UTSA.
2: I think UTSA feels extremely disrespected after being left out of the CFP last night. The initial rankings. I think they're gonna use that as motivation. So give me UTEP. And I think this could, this gonna be a this gonna be a good game. I'm looking forward to watching it.
3: Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. So you you said give me UTEP or UTSA? UTSA sorry, okay. UTSA.
1: I'll make it three UTSA's. I like UTEP and what they've done. They're at home. They're going to be fired up. ESPN's there and everything. But the Roadrunners, that offense, the defense, they've all performed well. Trailer's got a new contract. They're going to be ready to roll and have something to prove, as you mentioned, without uh, getting that ranking. Although that ranking doesn't mean much.
0: I, I still it, think it's, it's still it's up. still going
1: to make them upset a little it, bit it, because they know they've been ranked higher in other polls and to not get be get placed in the playoff. That'll make them a little upset and cause havoc all right that does it for inside conference usa for ben Coward, justin zimmer i'm andrew rogers can't wait to talk next week it should be an interesting week we talk about next week until then though sports views next
0: thank you for listening to inside conference usa on the cutting edge sports radio network tune in again next wednesday at 5 30 for another episode